Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. No! Oh my God! How could he do that? Are you on Donate! What? Charles Darwin. Welcome, everybody, back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brabber, and alongside me is Logan Camden, and today is a very special day here on Nerd Sesh. I feel like I say that a bit often, but it's because there's just so many magical days here with Logan Camden by my side, but this one really is, because today we are doing Trivia Time. It's the 22nd edition of Trivia Time. It's something that we love here very much on Nerd Session. If you're not familiar with the format, it's pretty straightforward. I ask Logan 15 questions about NFL history, NFL trivia. He does the same for me with the NBA. And then at the end of it all, we have a bonus question where I ask him to name the starting quarterback from a specific team from the year 2005 and on. Tends to be very difficult. And now he has begun to ask me about a starting player from basically some random NBA team that is in a similar format. So that's how we do it. We haven't been able to do many of these live in our time doing them just because we've had a bunch of difficulties interrupt that, but here we are. We're ready to go, and so Logan, I will throw the first question to you. The Jets have taken seven first-round quarterbacks in their franchise's history, most recently, obviously, and very notably, Zach Wilson. How many of them do you think have failed to have a 10-win season in their careers, excluding Wilson, because obviously he hasn't even taken the field yet for them out in a regular season game I'd like to say first I love this question um so you said seven quarterbacks how many have failed to have a 10 win season that's correct so first we got to figure out who they've drafted obviously as you mentioned Zach Wilson um Mark Sanchez Sanchez had one that's for sure um Darnold is one so at least one Darnold hasn't had one Richard Todd I believe is another first round quarterback um, you're going all the way back, right? That is correct. The only person I'm excluding is one guy they took when they were the Titans, and he never even played. Okay, so Sanchez definitely had one. I believe Namath was also selected by the Jets. I'm trying to think of other first-round quarterbacks. Uh, Chad Pennington was selected by them. I don't believe Pennington ever had a 10-win season. Um, some other quarterbacks that I'm missing out on. I think you may only have... One to go. And it's one that I know you know. How recent? Um, Not very. 
All I can think about is Greg McElroy right now. Am I right, Jets fans? Yeah, beast. Shout out Alabama. Um, okay. So Darnold didn't have one. Sanchez definitely did. I'm gonna say Namath did. So right now my answer is probably four. Four did or four did not? Four did not. Okay. I want to know what, what quarterback I'm missing out on. Um, so is it pre-90s? Yes. Pre-90s. Okay. Oh, it's – um. oh, I know who it is. Yeah, Ken O'Brien, right? That's correct. Uh, Ken O'Brien I don't think had one either. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with four. So you think it's Richard Todd, Ken O'Brien, Darnold, and, and then – And Chad Pennington. It's one. Sam Darnold is the only one of the bunch. Wow. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't get Chad Pennington because that guy won a lot of games as a starter. Yeah, I, just, I mean, percentage-wise, he didn't have a very long career, but... I don't know. I just thought that was a big reason why they dumped him to the curb and let him go to the Dolphins. That's really surprising. So, even Ken O'Brien. Even Ken O'Brien. What I believe, year? Well, let me look it up. <laughs> Kill some time while I do that. Man, just so surprising to me. I mean, I feel like the Jets have struggled so much in their history, but just one of them. Relative success from everybody, and I feel like Ken O'Brien's the big one because they whiffed on Marino. Well, that's why I love the question, because you think of the Jets as such a miserable, miserable franchise. But no, in 1985, his second year, Ken O'Brien, 11-5, and so there you go. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, O'Brien also has a winning record against Dan Marino all time, besting him a few times in their head-to-head matchups. Great question, bro. I love a QB question. I love a draft question, and all rolled up into one. Mad I didn't get it, but we'll get back on the horse. Carson, my first question for you. We'll start off pretty simple. True or false, Steph Curry is the only career 20-point-per-game scorer to be over 40% from deep for his entire career. Okay, great question. So 20-point-per-game scores, there's only so many. You're not going to get Ray Allen in there, I don't think. You're not going to get Reggie Miller in there. So my first thought is Larry Bird, but he's not at 40%. I think he's at 38 point something. Pretty sure. As far as the top guys go, you got a lot of big men up there who are not going to be in this conversation. MJ's not going to be there, obviously. LeBron's not going to be there. Kobe's not going to be close. But you don't have to be that high up there to be 20 points per game. So who is just in that range? Glenn Robinson, did he score 20 points per game? Hmm, he's pretty close. I don't think he shot 40%. Glenn Rice did not score 20 points per game. He very well may have shot 40%. Mitch Richmond? I'm pretty sure he scored 20 a game. Not sure he shot 40%. Probably didn't. It doesn't feel like it can be right that he's the only one. Is this this includes active guys who have a minimum of some amount of games? No minimum, actually. If they've averaged twenty points uh, for you know their first two seasons, uh, so there's no minimum amount for uh, games played. So I'm gonna hold off just for a second here, but I feel like that has to make it false. And I'm just trying to think about if Clay Thompson's at twenty points per game because he's obviously well above forty percent. He's never shot below forty percent from deep in a single year. Cat is another guy who's right around forty percent from deep in his career. I just have to say false. It's actually true. Well, great. The, yeah, good. The <laughs> The funny thing is, I mean, you mentioned everybody that's close. Clay Thompson, 19.5 points per game. He shoots 42% career from behind the arc. Glenn Rice, 18 points per game, shoots exactly 40% from behind the arc. And you mentioned the guy that's closest, Carl Anthony Towns, 
23 points per game, 39.4% from behind the arc uh, for his career. You mentioned the guy in fourth place, Mitch Richmond, 21 points per game at 38.8%. You mentioned all the top guys also up here, Kyrie Irving, Colin Sexton, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Dirk Nowitzki, Brad Beal, and Larry Bird round out the top 10. But as of right now, Steph Curry is the only career 20-point-per-game scorer to shoot over 40% from deep. So you laid out all the pretty close guys, so I'd consider that a win just – no, I you wouldn't. Missed the, you missed the 50-50. I would consider if I had gotten the question right a win. No, I'm an expert at dancing right around the answer. Are you kidding me? I got the four closest guys, and I couldn't get it. That is a Carson Brever classic. All right. Pretty straightforward one for you here, Logan. Which active NFL tight end has the most career receptions? Ooh. This is, this is a good question. Um, are we still counting Greg Olson as an active tight end? Uh, that's a good question. The fact that I don't know the answer probably tells you that he's okay. not the answer. Um, man, I'm trying to think. I'm, I have to pick between guys who have been around a long time and guys who have just been dominant. I mean, I'm leaning like Travis Kelsey right now. Um, I'm thinking also maybe a Jimmy Graham. Um, I don't think Kittle hasn't been around long enough to be up there. I'm I'm leaning heavy on Kelsey right now, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion. Jimmy, oh, what about Gronk? Gronk's got to be up there, too, unless there's some big old guy that I'm missing out on. Um, my first guess is going to be Kelsey. Kelsey is second. Is it Gronk? Gronk is third. Is it Jimmy Graham? It's Jimmy Graham, Logan. Jimmy Graham has 699. Kelsey has nice. 612. And Gronk has 566, as you hear Peyton T. Gallagher in the background there. I mean, I think people forget how prolific Jimmy was back in New Orleans, man. He was... The best tight end in the league for three to four years back when he was paired up with Breeze. Well, maybe statistically, but Rob Gronkowski was playing that I'm, entire I'm bi- time. I'm biased. I can't, yeah. I can't ever put a Patriots guy up there. That's okay. really surprised me. How, so how close is Kelsey? Kelsey is at 612, and Jimmy's at 699, and then Gronk's at 566. So there's a decent gap. Surprising. I mean, it's probably going to take him a few more seasons to catch up to Jimmy. No. I mean, take him one more year. Jimmy Graham is still playing, bro. That's a good point, actually. Great point. Yeah, okay. I guess you're right. It probably will take like three years because he's probably going to, what, double him in catches on Mm -hmm. average? So you're getting 40 more catches a year, let's say. Yeah, a little over two seasons, I would guess. Great question, though. I'm mad I didn't get it on the first uh, rip. Who else is up there? So then Ertz is fourth. Jared Cook is fifth. Rudolph is sixth. Friend of the show, Mercedes Lewis, is seventh. It's not a great list after that. George Kittle already is in the top 10 very early into his career. Man, tremendous question, Carson. We're going to go from the uh, <laughs> from the really big names here, these tight ends, to a, a pretty obscure one. Carson, who had the highest overall field goal percentage for the Milwaukee Bucks in the 2010s? Okay. So I've got a few thoughts. This list is just hilarious, bro. I mean, I feel like I know a couple candidates, funny candidates. Andrew Bogut, Zaza Pachulia are guys who come to the mind, not guesses. Although Andrew Bogut may end up being a guess. The question is just how long was he actually in Milwaukee in the 2010s? Not very long, but was he there at all? I don't know. It's an interesting question. Uh, Other options. Ekpe Udo is a guy who sticks out in my mind. Like, I'm just trying to think about other decent, not even decent, just big men who played in Milwaukee. Have I said the answer yet? You have not. I'm telling you, this guy is, like, he's still around in the league, I believe, but it's a, it's a much more obscure name than a Pachulia, than a Bogut. He's, 
This guy's in the weeds. You remember, I know you know this guy, though. Is he more obscure than Ekpe Udo? Comparable. I mean, Ekpe Udo was at least a high draft pick. Samardo Samuels. <laughs> no. No, it's not Samardo Samuels. Okay. Let, let, let me confirm this guy's still playing in the league. Okay. Still playing in the league? I was going to guess like Charlie Villanueva. It couldn't be him. He shot too many threes. Too much of a big baller. Dude. Like, this is a guy who's just cleaning up around the rim. So, I mean, he played last year. He played for two different teams. I think I know who it is. I almost can't believe that his name isn't coming to me right now. But, wait, no. If you're saying equally obscure, what is that guy's name, though? Why can't I remember his name? Do you remember what he looks like or anything about him? I played for the Bucks for a while. Was this guy ever a starter? Um, that's a great question. I want to say so in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, off and on, although he started 2018 basically every game at the five. Dude, I know who it is. Why can his name not come to me? I mean, he's decently productive on the boards as well, right? Is John something? Yeah, you've got it. What's his last name? UNC Tar Heel? No, I literally see him right now, but what is his last name? Does it start with a J? It does not start with a J. John what? Dude, this is wild because I literally... I have his image in my head so clearly. He's not an irrelevant guy. He's been around. What what letter does his last name start with? H. I really thought that would give it away right now. Right away, but it didn't. It's not Henderson. It's not. It starts with H E, right? Hey, you're close, bro. It starts with H E. How close can I get without? There's only so many H E last names, bro. It's not Henson, is it? Yes. Okay, John Henson. John Henson is the leader in field goal percentage for the Bucks in the 2010s. 53.9%. Also up here, uh, Be Easy, Michael Beasley, 53.2% in second. Uh, Greg Monroe, Giannis, Andrew Bogut, Jabari Parker, Malcolm Brogdon, Hakeem Warwick, Eric Bledsoe, and rounding out the top 10, Sean Livingston and Jared Dudley. But yes, leading the pack, John Henson of all people. I... I'm very upset, almost indescribably upset that I couldn't come up with his name right off the bat. Giannis maybe would have been a good guess. Maybe somebody to throw out next time around. That's a great question, Logan. All right, you know what? At least I got there. I did need you to give me a letter of the last name, which I'm not proud of, but I did get there nevertheless. Okay, this is a fantastic question in my opinion. So everybody loves Jamarcus Russell, right? He started a majority of the games for the Raiders in two seasons, 2008 in 2009, after he was, of course, the first overall pick in 2007, who led the team in receiving yards both of those years? One guy did it both years. Yeah, sure. There's only so many Raiders receivers from this era that I can even think of. Um, I was hoping you were going to ask, like, who was the backup quarterback or something. I was going to be able to shout out ASU QB Andrew Walters. Um, okay. Let's go Chaz Shilins. What? Who is that? Okay, I mean, if you want proof that he's a real guy, like, I can pull up his pro football reference page right now. I believe that he's a real guy. But I will tell you, it's actually not close between the guy who led both seasons and everybody else. Not like he was some crazy stud. Yeah, look at it, yeah. Call me crazy. Chaz Shilins, 6'4", 225. 
played football at Highland High out here in AZ. Yeah, it's actually not a terrible call at all. Well played. <laughs> um, let's go. I want. Is it Johnny something? No. <sighs> Although, I'll shout you out. Johnny Lee Higgins, I believe, is who you're thinking That's, of. Yes. He was second in 09. 366 yards for second place. Okay, Johnny Lee Higgins was. Oh, oh, is it Zach Miller? Zach Miller. By a good bit. He's around 800 yards both those years, and everybody else is uh, very low. Very bad teams. Zach Miller was a pro bowler in Madden 08. Every single year you played, bro, I swear. You played through franchise mode. That man was the best tight end in the game. Only reason I know that. Shout out him for leading the uh, team in receptions. I believe there's also another Zach Miller who plays tight end, right? Yes. More recently for the Bears and other places. Who else was up there? Like, were there any wideouts even remotely close, bro? I, I'm telling you, Johnny Lee Higgins was second in 2008. Excuse me, not 2009 with 366. And in 2009, it was... Uh, Give me one second here. It was Lewis Murphy with 521. That was another guy. I do remember Lewis Murphy. Great question, though. I mean, obscure. I love a... Thanks, man. I love a Jamarcus Russell poll here on uh, Trivia Time. I've got a couple couple correct ones, Carson. I want you to keep the momentum going. Can you name every career 20-point-per-game scorer in Hornets franchise history? And this also includes the Charlotte Bobcats. How many can there be? So, let me just think. Is it too much if you give me a number? I won't ask. Okay. I mean, it's four guys. Okay. So, here are the candidates, all right? Let me just throw out all the candidates. None of these are guesses, all right? You freaks. Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson, Kendall Gill, Kemba Walker, Al Jefferson, Glenn Rice. Those are the six candidates. If it's anybody else, I'll be surprised. Are the four within those six names? You have named some of them. You're missing a few guys. Fascinating. A few. Okay. So let me just get my mind right here. So this is dating back to... We're just going with the Charlotte history, right? Like back to when they were the... Okay, good. Yes. Just want to make sure we weren't doing a whole Pelicans things here. That, because then, you know, the 90s guys wouldn't count. Okay. But we're not doing that. So, I'm trying to think. Who is the most prolific scorer? My first guess is going to be Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice is correct. He, I believe, is the all-time leader. Yeah, 23.5 points per game. Okay. You know, you want to guess Alonzo Mourning, right? You think, oh, probably the best Hornet ever. Was he scoring like that early in his career? Maybe you don't think he's the best Hornet ever because he was only there for four years or whatever, but maybe the most talented Hornet ever. I'm going to tentatively guess Alonzo Mourning. Alonzo Mourning is second with 21.3 points per game. And I will say, one of these guys didn't spend extensive time in Charlotte, although it still counts. I believe he played like uh, 64 games, I believe is the uh, amount. I still count that. I'm going to make sure um, it was 64, but there are two more players to go. You've got the first two. And uh, actually, no. The guy that uh, one guy is above Alonzo Mourning, but just by 0.1 points. Very interesting. Let me throw out Gerald Wallace there as a guess. Gerald Wallace is a good guess. He was there, uh, played 450 games, 16.4 points per game. Um, he is like eighth all time. Okay. So I I'm trying to think. The 56 games is an interesting one. Somebody who was only there for one season. 
how recently could that have been? Well, I'm just trying to think. There haven't been that many relevant guys to play for the Hornets and Bobcats, clearly. Uh, there was a year that Gerald Henderson led them in scoring with like 15 points a game. And you know how many games? They won seven out of 66. Uh, I sold him short. He actually played 96 career games in Charlotte. So two years. Two years. Okay. I don't know. I- I'm going to round out the guys who I did guess. So I guess I'll go Al Jefferson. Um, Al Jefferson is a good get- Man, I didn't even think about that guy when I was putting up these questions. So I guess Al didn't either play enough career games in Charlotte to qualify or is not even remotely close. Interesting. Well, he's probably not remotely close, actually, because now that I think about it, he had some of his ugly years in Charlotte as well. He didn't have that many great years in Charlotte. He had a couple, so that actually makes sense. I'll throw Kemba out there. Kemba is so close. 19.8 for his career in Charlotte. Um, He's literally the first guy off. Kendall Gill? Kendall Gill is another excellent guess. Kendall Gill is right off 15.6 points per game uh, in his career with the Hornets. So there's two guys hiding in there somewhere. And again, this is not a long history as a franchise. So, uh, wait, no, okay. That doesn't count. I was thinking about Chris Paul for a second because he was drafted Charlotte, right? But he played one year there, so... And he definitely didn't score 20 a game. Are we looking at Bobcats here or Hornets? Can you tell me that? One guy is a Bobcat. Al Harrington. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. No, it's not Al Harrington. <laughs> is, that, is that my worst guess? No, I'm like about to start guessing Tyrus Thomas, bro. There's not that many Bobcats that were any good. There's one. There's one, bro. Steven Jackson? You are you're you're burning hot. This guy was with Stack and Gerald Wallace. God, <laughs> they just collected a bunch of above-average weird players, huh? Dude, a good Bobcat? Is it possible? I'm really struggling. I kind of want to get the Hornet first. This was kind of the last like career year for this guy before he fell off. It wasn't precipitously, but like right after this. Uh, his points per game started decreasing. This is like the last 20-point-per-game season of his career. I'm talking about the Bobcat right now. The other guy, as you mentioned, Chris Paul, he was on, I believe, one of those playoff teams. So is this the guy who played 96 games? The Bobcat? Yeah. The Bobcat is the one who uh, had his last 20-point-per-game season with Charlotte. <sighs> who just went to Charlotte to die? Like, what year are we looking at here? Like, 2011? A little earlier? Just slightly earlier. Think, Carson. Think about those miserable, miserable Bobcat teams. Think about those Bobcat teams that were so bad that in 2011, 2012, they could win seven games and just a few years before then. Dude, I don't know. I feel like I've almost expended the Bobcats in my mind. I may be close to giving up on this question. I'm not going to be happy about it. What's interesting to me is that you mentioned the playoff teams with CP. No, 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 not this guy. I'm sorry. That was no, the, the other, other Hornet. Yeah. And, right. Um, I'm actually incorrect on that. Uh, he was there, like, right before Chris Paul got there. Okay. So this is more B. Diddy era. Wait. Okay. Did, did B. Diddy not do it? B. Diddy did not. I was going to say, that would have been a good guess. Man, I'm running low. 
Al Harrington, Al Jefferson. It's not Al. It's not an Al of it's <laughs> Al Sharpton. <laughs> Alabama. I think I feel like I may have to give up soon. I just want to get one of these two. This is a fascinating question. All right. I'll give you props for that. Thank you. It means a lot. Right before, I don't know, was Ricky Davis in Charlotte? I, you know, it's not a terrible guess. I don't know if Ricky Davis ever spent any time with the Hornets. I can confirm. Um, I mean, you're thinking, like, that's the right era, bruh, for both these guys. I, that's what's so painful about yeah, this. And, uh, Ricky, so Ricky spent his first two seasons in Charlotte. He put up about four and a half points a game. <laughs> okay, so that was pre-prime Ricky. At least he played there. At least I wasn't imagining that. This dude was an absolute bucket. Like any, this is the early Charlotte guy. Anybody you talk to from these early Charlotte teams talk about like what a good closer he was and just what an absolute bucket he was, man. At like all three levels, he's a great shooter. He finished at the rack, strong, big. You, you know this guy. Yeah, of course I know him, Logan. I'm gonna throw on the towel. It's taking too long. He spent his last four seasons in Charlotte. That doesn't give you any 2000 to 04. 2004, that's a terrible time to be in Charlotte. They sucked. They, they've always sucked. Except for their 93 season. I'm giving up, dude. Okay, so the one with the Bobcats teams who spent 96 games, that's Jason Richardson, 21.4 points per game. And the one from the early Hornet squads of the 2000s, Monster Mash, Jamal Mashburn. Oh, my God. Jamal Mashburn, brah. I'm sorry. Dude, that's such an easy one. That's such an easy one. There's like five Hornets you think of. How did I not mention it with that first pack of six? Why am I mentioning Kendall Gill before Jamal Mashburn? Logan, I absolutely hate myself. It's amateur hour out here. Jason Richardson, I'm upset about. But also, you know, he played for so many different teams, and it's like the Bobcats. It's not the first one I think hey, of. Mashburn's a staple. Oh, Jamal's a terrible miss. I'm a little upset that I got everybody around Jason Richardson, and I didn't get him. I got Captain Jack and whatnot. I could have thrown Matt Barnes in there, but I didn't want to because I knew he wasn't the answer. All right, great question, Logan. Look, at the end of the day, you can't dwell on the losses, all right? You got to dwell on the victories, and I've got plenty of victories coming in hot. You're coming off of the victory, though, so let's keep that momentum going. Logan, who was the MVP of the 1990 Super Bowl? And it's always dangerous to go Super Bowl MVPs with you because you know almost all of them. But this one, I wonder if it might trip you up. 1990. Um, I mean, is it cool with you if I, like, narrow down the teams? Is it, what is this, Bills oh, Cowboys? Just, this is Bills Giants. This Bills is the Giants. first Bills Super Bowl. Is it OJ? Otis Anderson? Right off the bat, man. Okay. That's really impressive, though, because... I don't think he was even good at this point in his career. No, like, it's, it was a complete anomaly. Like, during the regular season, OJ, like, people thought he was kind of washed. Dude, he just went off in this game. Like, I don't think he had a real career year there. It was just this one game, man, and sometimes that's all you need. This was his last year of really any relevance. He had 784 yards. Next year, he had 141, but he had over 100 in this Super Bowl, and he won Super Bowl MVP. First guess, very impressive, Logan. Thank you, sir. Um, Carson, I've actually got a finals MVP question for you. So, uh, this time's outright. Carson, of the players who have won finals MVP, whose series was the least efficient? So, finals MVP with the lowest field goal percentage for that series. Great question. 
Uh, this shouldn't be all too tough. So I'm just trying to think about the candidates. Kobe shot like 42% maybe in that 2010 finals. It was not a big number. So he's a candidate. He might be a pretty good candidate, but I'm just trying to think about other guys. Very recently, it's not going to be anybody. Nobody within the past. Oh, okay. So let me think. 2005 Tim Duncan shot under 42% from the field. 41.8%, I think. That's a candidate. How low is the number? Uh, Lower than that. Like below 40? No, not below 40, but below Tim Duncan's mark. Am I crazy? I almost feel like you've asked me this before. Am I? I may have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should know this. Well, I should, but if you did, it was a long time ago because clearly I don't remember the answer. How far back should I go here is the question. 90s. No, nah, it's not going to be any of those MJ years. I mean, he wasn't the most efficient in like 96, but he's still more efficient than the guys we've talked about. 80s, nobody that I can think of, no, 70s, late 70s, I don't think so, you're looking at me a little, a little weird over there. I mean, you've already named the guy in the number one spot. Oh, is it Tim Duncan? It's not Tim Duncan. Tim's up there. Is it Kobe Bryant? It is It is Bean. Uh, Bean from 2010 uh, shot 40.5% from the field. It's funny that you dismiss Michael. He's actually in the second spot. 96, Michael Jordan shoots 41.5% from the field, just 1% higher than Bean. Uh, 2011, Dirk is here in the three spot. 05, Timmy D is there in the four spot, followed by 98, MJ. 1974, Hondo, John Havlicek. Then 09, Kobe. 08, Paul Pierce. 2019, Kawhi. In 76, JoJo White. I actually don't feel like you've asked me that before. Because I feel like that answer would have stuck with me. But yeah, sometimes the first thing out of your mouth is the right answer, kids. So for <laughs> keep that. Because I literally said Kobe right away. And then I overthought it. All right, Logan. This is a fun question. So obviously Alabama is not only just a collegiate powerhouse, but they just turn out insane pro guys every year more than anybody else. Particularly as of late. We've seen some stud running backs come out of Bama. Out of all that group historically, which Alabama product at the running back position has the most career rushing yards? Tremendous question. Um, let's let's run down the candidates. Mark Ingram, I think, has to be up there. Um, God, other Bama running backs. Derrick Henry also has to be up there. Um, those are the two guys that are the most prominent. This is all time, though, correct? All time. I'm not going to be good with historical Bama running backs, so i got to think I'm going to answer one of these two guys. Um, maybe – that's a weird one, bro. Did Curtis Enos go to Bama? No. I, I think Enos went to Penn State, I want to say. Um, so I guess I'll throw it out there. I'll go – I'll try Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is second, Logan. Is it? Is it Derrick Henry? Already? Derrick Henry is third, Logan. Oh, it's like biting into a turd. What?! What a strange thing to say. You guys, I'll be, you guys have never heard that phrase? No. <laughs> Come on. I can't be the only one, bro. 
Okay, I, I'm, I guess I'm the weird guy, huh? Nobody else is. Sounds like something Jimmy came up with one day. <laughs> so, I am a little concerned for you because this is the thing. Whenever we go college-based with the older guys, it can be a little tougher. This guy's not super old, though. There's a chance, but he's not active or anything. Okay, can you give me, um, like, a draft year? 2000, around there. Okay, this is interesting, then. I feel like... Okay, I apologize. I'm going to throw out some obscure running backs from the 2000s. I don't know if they're going to be guys that even played at Bama. Michael Turner? No. For the record, it was exactly 2000. Warwick Dunn? No. 2000. Um, who was the first pick this year? Vic goes in 01. It was 2000. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson was Keyshawn 99. I think Keyshawn was in the 90s. Trying to narrow down who the pick was. I'm I'm drawing a blank, bro. I guess we'll just name some some running backs from the 2000s, see if we can hit. Um, Clinton Portis, bro? No. I may have to throw it in, bro. I'm, I'm just grasping at straws. I'll throw out one more running back. Um, Deuce McAllister? No. Who is it? Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander had a lot of career rushing yards. I, the number's not in front of me right now, but I think it's like 9,000 plus. Obviously, peak was incredibly high and cut above those other guys, 9,453. You got the runner up in the third place. Interesting, though, that it's been more of a recent thing with Alabama running backs like Najee, obviously, Trent Richardson didn't play well, but he was a very prominent pick. Ingram, all those guys. And. Derrick Henry, but the answer is Sean Alexander. I don't want this is going to sound like it's really difficult when it is nowhere nearly uh, as it is. Can you name every big man in the top 10 for highest field goal percentage in a single season? And it's not 10 different guys. I'm not asking you to name 10 different players. A lot of these guys occupy the top spots. To be exact, it is one, two, three, four, five different guys uh, who are in the top 10 for highest field goal percentage in a single season. Easy first guess, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is up here. He is in the sixth spot and the ninth spot for 2020 and 2021. Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson holds the number one spot for the 2020 campaign, 74.2%. That's a pretty good number. So here's the thing. You can't be a star and be on this list because nobody's shooting 70% from the field except for Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain is also up here in the second and seventh spots, so two to go. Really glad I said that out loud because right as I said it, I realized it's not actually true. So I have five to go. How many got two guys though? Two guys. I'm just thinking, man. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Insights from Carson Brabber. <sighs> okay. It's gotta be roll guys. Like I no? I mean, like, he's not, I wouldn't consider him a star, but he made some All-NBA teams. The other guy won an MVP. I mean, they're not scrubs. One of these guys won an MVP? Yeah, I mean, let me let me confirm to make sure that I'm not tripping, but yeah, I'm pretty sure this guy won an MVP. What numbers are we looking at? They're in the high 60s, right? Yeah. Golly, that's pretty impressive. He's an MVP, yes. All right, well. Uh, oh, I may have sold the bag here. Yeah, he's an MVP. Technically, an ABA MVP. Well, there's only so many of them. 
Let me just think through real quick and make sure I formulate the proper guess. ABA legends, Connie Hawkins, Spencer Haywood. Is it Spencer Haywood? I'm going to guess Spencer Haywood. It is not Spencer Haywood. ABA MVPs. No, I do want to reiterate. Uh, the year that he set this record is not his MVP campaign, but he is a former MVP. Okay. <sighs> ABA, those... Tricky, tricky fellas. This was in the NBA that he did it? Okay. Dude, like 70%? Such a high number. Yeah, uh, the number exactly 67% in 1981. Okay. Oh, I'm just trying to think, dude. My second time I've said that. Very <laughs> insightful. That is actually what I'm doing, whether you guys can believe it or not. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the other guy first. Is it Dikembe? No, but like you're in the you're in the right line of thinking like somebody like that. Tyson Chandler? It's not Tyson Chandler although, you know, I like the I like the logic. What era are we talking? Pretty recent. He's still playing as of right now. Um uh, his prime was about, you know, 5 or 6 years ago though. I thought about guessing Dwight for a second. That's not 5 or 6 years ago though. An all-NBA-level guy, you said. All-NBA. So just a defensive stud. Oh, DeAndre Jordan. It is DeAndre Jordan. He actually occupies a ton of spots. Three, four, five, and eight on this list. So one guy to go, the number 10 spot, 1981, 67% from the field. A former ABA MVP, Carson Breber. Do you have the answer? Does it look like I have the answer, Logan? <laughs> We're not going nine out of ten in here, all right? That's not what we do at Nerd Session. We finish the job. That's actually not really true. Oftentimes, I'll fall just short. <laughs> but ABA MVP. God, when I think of ABA MVPs, I always think of Marvin Barnes, but he's not actually an ABA MVP. He just put up ridiculous numbers there and then sucked because the ABA just was not as good. I mean, Dr. J has three ABA MVPs. Like, there's not that many guys left. There's... The guy from the Pacers, who I literally always forget his name, but he barely even played in the NBA, so it's not going to be him. I really don't know. I, I I almost feel like I might have to throw in the towel here. I don't want this to be. I, I don't want a last ditch effort here. I, I want I want a one last run. Carson, he played with the Kentucky Colonels in the ABA. Does that give you any any push towards the answer? Yeah, it should. Dan Issel is the first Kentucky Colonel who comes to mind, but it's not Dan Issel. Artis Gilmore? It is Artis Gilmore. Look at that. To the buzzer. Either way, that's 10 out of 10. Good work, bro. It's not the best 10 out of 10. I not only had to be told that he was an ABA MVP, but I had to be told the team. But you know what? At least I got there. So I'll take what I can get. Artis Gilmore, man, that dude put up some crazy numbers in the ABA. Kentucky Colonels also loaded squad. Okay, and the Denver Nuggets, by the way. That was the most loaded ABA team probably, even though I don't think they ever won a title. But David Thompson, Bobby Jones, I think was George McGinnis there at some point. Dan Issel was there. A lot of great players on those Denver Nuggets teams. Pretty sure Dr. J took them out in the one year they got to the ABA Finals, though. That's what we call a tangent. Logan, I already asked you a question about one Raiders quarterback by the name of Jamarcus Russell, and low was his career glorious. Here's a follow-up. And by the way, I almost asked you three questions about Raiders quarterbacks in this episode, but I decided I decided that was over the line. 
which one of those fellas, out of all of them to ever suit up for the silver and black, has the best career winning percentage with them as an organization? Yeah, I honestly, I kind of want to say Derek Carr off rip. Um, but let, let's not jump the gun. Let, let's let's think about the candidates. Uh, the snake, Kenny Stabler, has to be up here. Was a ton of good years of those Raiders teams, won a Super Bowl. Um, so Kenny's up there, as is Derek Carr. He may be my guess. Um, is there any minimum like season requirement here? I'm a reasonable guy. If you're 1-0, I'm not going to allow that. Okay, so I, someone like Rich Gannon could be potentially on this list. Um, That's correct. I generally go more than one season as a starter. I don't know if there's a minimum where it even does matter, though. This guy's winning percentage is pretty outstanding. Okay, so Stabler, Gannon, Carr, definitely all up there for me. I'm trying to think if there's anybody I'm spacing out on. I, I want to guess Kenny Stabler immediately, so I, I'm going to. Kenny Stabler's my first guess. It's the natural guess. It's the intuitive guess. He's second. He was 69-26-1, but it's not him. So I guess I'll throw Derek Carr out there. Uh, not even close. <laughs> I really don't know what you're thinking. He's 47-63. and 63. He's had one good year as a team. Is Derek really that bad? Yes, that's why it's such a marvel that he's still the starting quarterback after seven years of just, yeah. Also led the league in fumbles last year, too. Had a prolific passing year. I'll give him his credit. Okay. <laughs> Got it. We'll scratch that. Derek Carr is not up there. Uh, I guess I have to try Rich Gannon. That's my next guess. It's a solid guess, but it is not Rich Gannon. Where do those guys rank among, uh, like among the among the total list? Rich Gannon's pretty high up. He's forty five and twenty nine. Derek Carr is not close. Kenny Stabler is the second. Okay, so this is this is where we this is where we make our bread, uh, you know, so to speak, here at Nerd Sesh. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm thinking of if for some reason like Jim Plunkett, like Plunkett sucked with the Pats, but I had a couple good seasons with the Raiders. He's my next logical guess. I gotta I gotta think if I'm spacing out like um, on anybody majorly. Like the Raiders just had so many dudes play this position, bro. Like like after Jamarcus Russell, who was it? Carson Palmer, and then. Uh, like Dante Culpepper suited up, Aaron Brooks. There has not been a really good track record in recent memory. Um, damn, I guess my next guess is Jim Plunkett. Really good guess. 38 and 19 in his Raiders career. He would be third. Damn. Uh, okay, only only can I want. Pre-2000 or post-2000? Aggressively pre-2000. <laughs> no way. Is it George Blanda? Not George Blanda. Oh, thank God. Be atrocious. Okay, man. Aggressively pre two thousands. Um George Blanda was one and in his career as the starting quarterback for the Raiders. So he actually, I got the answer. <laughs> he actually he actually did get the answer, Logan. Oh, this is gonna frustrate me if I like all I can think about is Todd Marinovich right now. It sucked. Who am I missing, dude? I I, I don't want to get this wrong. I want to get this answer. Um I don't think I'm going to though. Just the, the name is not coming to me. It's a tough one. Um, I'm going to be upset, but go ahead. Who is it? The answer is Daryl LaMonica. And by the way, this is what's crazy. He was 62-16 and 16 in his career as a starter for the Raiders. So how about that? From 67 to 74, after starting his career as a Buffalo Bill, go Bills. Led the league in passing touchdowns twice, passing yards once, a couple all-pro seasons. 
And listen to his record in his first three years with the Raiders. 13-1, and 11-2, and then 12-1-1. And, and the next three years was all considerably above 500 as well. The guy just won a lot of games. Damn, dude, I genuinely, like, I don't ever think of Daryl LaMonica, but, man, I might have to put some respect on his name, dude. That's, I don't know, he's just not a got real prominent figure in NFL history, but I definitely should think about him. Um, like, did he ever have any playoff success at all? Like, did any of those Raiders teams do anything? They didn't win a Super Bowl. All right, well, <laughs> I mean, well, again, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what happened every year of 1967 through 74. I can look it up while you give me the next question. Um, all right. Well, I have got a so uh, some a playoff run question. Uh, funnily enough, Carson, can you name the three players with the most total points scored in an individual playoff run? Okay, just to answer your question about playoff success. So 67, they lost the Super Bowl. Then the next two years. Says they lost. They lost the championship. I'm assuming that's the AFL championship. So the game before the Super Bowl. Then they lost the conference championship in 1970, first year of the merger. So yes, they had a lot of playoff success. They lost in the conference championship again in '73 and '74. So yes, actually, they were knocking on the door a lot of times. I have no idea what you asked me because I was looking at that. So would you mind restating it? <laughs> Carson, can you name the three players with the most total points scored in an individual playoff run? Well, yeah. LeBron James. Correct. Do you care to add the year? I care to. My guess would be 2018 because that was the year he played the most games. That's correct. 2018 LeBron is second on this list, 748 total points. All right. So... I mean, you got to think about Michael Jordan for any question like this, right? As much as I would love to shout out, you know, a Jerry West or an Elgin Baylor, as far as points per game, sure, they'd be there, but you just had two rounds uh, in the 60s. So it has to be a guy from the late 80s and on, really. So I, I feel like I have to say Michael Jordan. I'm just trying to think about what the year would be when they were pushed the furthest. Maybe 93. You go seven against the Knicks. He averaged 41 a game against the Suns. That feels like a good guess to me. 93 is really close. Um, I'll just give it to you. It's 92 the year previous. Okay. You're right on. Um, 759, that is the most. So all you're missing right now is number three. It's interesting because the first two answers were obviously pretty intuitive. Are we looking at a little more of a curveball here? Can't be that much of a curveball. You can look at it's 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 one of the greatest playoff runs in, in NBA history. Okay, so uh, I'm trying to think. This is kind of a weird one. I don't think I'm going to guess this. 2019 Kawhi did average 30 a game, and he did play a lot of games. They went seven against the Sixers. Six against the Bucks, six against the Warriors, five against the Magic. That's 24 games. That's a lot. 720 points. It's a lot. What What was the number for Jordan? 759? 759. So he's close. He's close no matter what. I think I might guess that. I'm sorry, who'd you say? Kawhi in 2019. Yeah, you're right. You, you, you disgust me, bro. Three off rip. I mean, not the most difficult question, but for you to get them all in succession in 
order very impressive. Also up here up for the number to be exact, 732 points Kawhi scored. Four spot, 95 Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, next, 01 Allen Iverson, 2000 Shaq, 2012 LeBron, 09 Kobe, 98 Jordan, and 2010 Kobe uh, to round out the top 10. But bang, bang, bang. First three. People need to understand how insane 98 Jordan being there is. They were scoring like 88 points a game as a team, and this dude's scoring 30-plus. That's just unthinkable. That will remain unthinkable forever. Logan, Richard Sherman leads all active NFL players with 36 interceptions. Who was second in that category? I hate these questions. I hate defensive back questions. I always suck at them. I, Malcolm Butler? No. And I'll be honest, Logan, this is not the easiest defensive back question. It's a weird answer. <sighs> I just, I hate defense. That one, that one trivia time episode, it was just receivers and defensive backs. That was like hell for me. Um, active defensive backs. Let's think. Uh, Marcus Peters. He's third with 31, which is crazy because he's been in the league six years, I think. <sighs> I was really hoping that was going to bang and we could get out of here. We have like seven more questions. <laughs> <laughs> is it Joe Aiden? No. Man, Joe's been around a minute. What is that guy doing? <laughs> Patrick Peterson? No. Oh, this is going to be a slog. I know it. So oh, me... it's it's Namdi Asamua, right? No. Let me give you your credit, though. Joe Hayden is sixth. Pat Pete is seventh. Okay, so we're, so we're dancing around. Um, Darius Slay? No. Damn, Darius Slay is tied for twenty first. <laughs> okay, we're moving. We're moving in the wrong direction. It's not a bad guess, though, in the scheme of things. Uh, let's try um, Chris Harris Jr. No, he is tied for seventeenth. Let's see if I can just get all the top twenty and not get this second guy. Am I right? Um, who else is going to be? Oh, uh, is X? Is Avian Howard up here? He's up here already. He's 16, but again, the guy's only played five years. Um, oh, I was going to say Trey White. That's a horrible answer. Uh, Stephon Gilmore. Good guess. Tied for 11th. Okay. I'll just give you a hint. This guy has played 15 years. <laughs> okay. Um, who has been around? Damn, man. 15 years, so started his career. This is my prime, dude. This is 05, 06 draft class is right up my alley. Um, I got I got to get this now. <laughs> D'Angelo Hall isn't still playing, is he? <laughs> not to my knowledge. Oh, is it? Is it Desmond Trufant? It's not Desmond Trufant. He's not that old, is he? He's like 31. Yeah, that would mean he got drafted when he was, like, 15. <laughs> okay, maybe not the best guess. Um, Malcolm Is Malcolm Jenkins still playing? Yeah. Is it Malcolm Jenkins? No, good guess, though. He's at, like, 20th. Dude! I mean, it's got to be a... Is it... I was going to say Harrison Smith. Not a, not a good guess. He's not been around that long. Uh, it's just... Is it... Oh, is it Eric Weddle? No, I like that guess, though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Eric Weddle is, like, done-done. Man, this is frustrating. 
who am I who am I blanking on? Vontae Davis retired, right? Like he's he quit right after that Bills game. He retired in rather dramatic fashion, yes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Dante Whitner, Pac-Man Jones, like Brandon Merriweather. I'm just thinking of guys from this era. None of them are still around. Okay. Is it I want to ask you like who he was drafted by, but I feel like that's just going to completely give it away. Um, and if he hasn't changed teams, like, I don't want you to tell me either. Um, I could tell you who was drafted by, I'm not sure it would completely give it away. Okay. The Bengals. And it's not Pac-Man Jones. Oh, Pac-Man was drafted by the Titans. What am I talking about? A Bengals defensive. Oh, um, what's that bald dude's name? Uh, the Steelers are going to sign him in free agency that one year, bruh. He is bald. <laughs> Dude, we were going to sign him one year, and I was mad because he... <sighs> Did he go to Virginia? South Carolina. I can, like, I feel like I see his face. Uh, is it Leon Hall? No. He's a good-looking guy, or <laughs> what are you imagining? <laughs> I surrender. I hate defensive back questions. It's Jonathan Joseph, Logan. Oh, he's another guy the Steelers are going to sign. But that's not who you were thinking of? I thought of I thought of both of them because in that same free agency, we had a look at Leon Hall and we had a look at Jonathan Joseph. And both of uh, Joseph went to the Texans. I think Leon Hall went back to the Bengals. Yeah, that one makes me mad, bro. Well, sucks to be you. 32 career picks for Jonathan Joseph. Really... Not too many outstanding seasons among them, though. Only a two-time Pro Bowler, never been an All-Pro or anything like that. One season above five picks, but the guy has just been a starting corner for a very, very long time, and so he gets it done in there. He's second. Great question. Carson, I've got a true or false one for you. True or false? Drew Holiday had more total assists in this last playoff run than LeBron James has ever had in a playoff run. All right. Let's do some quick moffs in it. Drew Holiday played how many games in these playoffs? Played a lot of games. 7-6-6 in the last three rounds. In the first round, uh, they swept. Are you trying to calculate his total assists right now off the top of your head? I'm just doing some rough math. So it's 23 games at 8.1 assists per game. That's what he averaged in the playoffs, correct? I believe so. I wrote down the total number. So, I mean, if you want me to... I'll do some division real quick. No, no, Wait, did you say 8.1 to me or did I remember that? Because I want to know if I should be impressed with myself or if you literally gave me the answer. Because that number's in my head. Okay, I don't know if it's 8.1 exactly, but no, you came up with that yourself. Okay, good. <laughs> the power of the imagination. Really, it's not 8.1 exactly. If he played 23 games, my calculations was 8.6, but I'm going to his basketball reference page to confirm. That sounds high. Oh, thank you. Now they're sorting my playoff series. I really appreciate it, guys. You know what? Let me just think about the answer here. We don't really need to know exactly. It's a... It's it's 8.7. Wow! Jeez, Drew. Way to dime it up, man. So, the only year I can think of where LeBron has played that many games or more is 2018 again. 
and he was scoring like 33 a game that year. Was he averaging over 8.7 assists too? I don't think so. But at the same time, that would be a that would be a wild stat. Man, you live life on the edge here. I know it's going to be crazy close. I can just feel it. I th- I think it's true. So you think that Drew had more total assists? That would be correct. Uh, LeBron averaged more total, like more assists per game. He averaged nine, which is. Again, absolutely absurd. The second best individual scoring playoff run, the 14th most prolific passing uh, playoff run, uh, to be exact. Drew is 13th all time in total assists in a single playoff run, 199. 2018 LeBron is 14th with 198. It is excruciating close, but uh, Drew did have play that one more game, which is what gave him that edge. Huge, huge for morale. All right, Logan, this is a tough one. But, you know, I love to ask you about specific quarterbacks and all the different receivers who have led their team in receiving throughout their careers. I'm not going to do that exactly with this guy. It's a little too tough. But you're a huge Ryan Fitzpatrick guy, right? You think the Washington football team is going to win 11 games, right? That's your take? Can you name to me every 1,000-yard receiver to play on a team where Ryan Fitzpatrick started the majority of the games? And I'll tell you right now, there are six of them. Stevie Johnson. Okay, that's it. That's I'm calling. <laughs> um, I'll try T.O. Uh, Chad Johnson. Nope. Okay, I mean, this is kind of fun because we get to go like year by year through Fitzpatrick's you know tenure with different teams. Let's go Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. Either one of them? Both of them in the same year. So that's three out of six. So we need three to go. Um, and uh, Let me confirm. So Fitzpatrick had to play the majority of games and... They had to get to 1,000, or they just had to be on the same team? No, they had to get... It's basically who had 1,000-yard seasons when Ryan Fitzpatrick was their quarterback. Okay. Um, so, since he isn't it, he spent some time in St. Louis. I'll throw... I don't really think he got a whole lot of PT in St. Louis, but I'll throw out Torrey Holt. No. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think he played at all for the Rams. Like, maybe a game. Okay. So, other team... Spent some time with the Texans. I'll... I can't remember exactly when, but I guess I'll throw it D-Hop. Boom, four of six. Andre Johnson? No. Okay. So, four of six, two receivers to go. And I don't want to leave out the tight ends, because I feel like that were maybe where this question gets kind of kind of sneaky. Um, Dolphins wideouts, maybe? Um, Devontae Parker? Logan, this is impressive. You're five of six. The toughest one remains, though. Oh, that's that's great. Um, is it? Can I ask you? Is it on a team that we've already named? No. Oh, even more spicier. Okay, <laughs> I just got to figure out what team it is. Is it is it the football team? Not the football team. Logan, he hasn't played for the football team yet. <laughs> Salient <laughs> point, dude. I was about to throw out Terry McLaurin and be a hundred percent all in on that answer. You know what? <laughs> that's a good point. That's that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely forgot who suited up at QB for the football team last year. Um, okay, what is the other team, bro? I don't want to have to go by division by division. It's not Cincy. It's it's not Buffalo because we already named Stevie Johnson. It's not New York. Is it Tennessee? It is. Oh man, this is this is pressure, pressure cooker right here. Um, 
Tennessee wideout. Let's go Kenny Britt. No. <laughs> Nate Washington. No. Um, is it a tight end, maybe? Who played tight end back? Is it Bo Scaife? No. <laughs> I mean, it was worth a guess. Bo Scaife was a decent tight end, bro. Who else played wideout back in these days? It's not... It's going to be... A, I'm sorry, can you give me what year he played in Tennessee? 2013. I was going to guess Randy Moss. I don't know that Randy Moss barely played for the Titans. Oh, 2013 Titans. I'll give you your credit. Nate Washington was actually pretty darn close. He had 919 this year. Damn, that is pretty close. There's a better receiver on this roster than Nate, though. It's not Kenny Britt. Is it Justin Gage? No. I'm just satisfied that I'm naming Titans receivers from this era. Um... Is it a tight end? No. I really don't know who was on this roster. Um, I don't. I don't want to give up with one to go. I want. I want to go with the Fitzpatrick sweep. I'm draw, I'm really drawing a blank, bro. Okay, last. Can you give me his college? Are you going to say Harvard? Don't. Don't do that, bro. Let me look it up. Is <laughs> excursion. I really do not want to. I don't want to miss this. Baylor. Um. Man, that doesn't help. It's not a. I was going to guess that guy from Oklahoma State. I'm going to have to throw in the towel because I I don't know. I'm pretty happy with five out of out of six. You should be, man. And this is a tough one. It's Kendall Wright. He had 1,079 yards this year. Kind of an anomaly in his career. I mean, he had some other decent seasons, but just didn't play all that long. Let me ask you a bonus question. Who's the only guy out of this group to do it twice with Fitzy? Multiple times, I should say. D-Hop. No. Stevie. Stevie did it thrice. Stevie was a beast back then, bro. People forget. Logan, don't we know it, man. Stevie was sick. Stevie was, uh, Stevie, was Stevie, man. All right, your turn. Carson, uh, it's weird how we're timing out these questions because now I am asking one of my favorite type of questions, and it's about your Warriors, funnily enough. Monte Ellis averaged 20 points per game in five different seasons in Golden State. Can you name the three other Warriors that averaged 20 points per game alongside him during this run? It's a phenomenal question because here's the thing. There were some ballers on that We Believe team, right? You have, obviously, you know, your Antons, your uh, Jason Richardsons, guys who are scoring 20 a game. Baron Davis. Monte didn't score 20 a game that year, though. He was a youngster. He was scoring like 10 a game. So who stuck around after? Well, pretty sure Jason Richardson did. That's going to be my first guess. Jay Rich is not here. Um, he did not average 20 um, let me see. Also, I want to correct myself. I said Antoine was on the We Believe team. He was not. Al Harrington was. Yeah, why do you, what is your deal with Al Harrington, bruh? Al Harrington was pretty good for a long time. Antoine was earlier 2000s, but did not play with Monte. So, Jay Rich is your first official guest. I don't believe, I don't believe Jay Rich, either the timeline didn't match up or he never averaged 20 alongside him at all. 
Okay, yeah, he probably just left before Monte averaged 20 a game then. So, like, late 2000s is what we're looking at here. I'm just trying to think about who stuck around. That's the thing. I think you're overthinking this one, bro. Like, yeah, you need to think of, like, one guy who stuck around with him, but you're just Xing out that We Believe team. I was going to guess Baron Davis. B. Diddy was with him 21.8 points per game in 08. The way you're looking at me, don't. It's not Al Harrington. <laughs> I'm making sure Al Harrington is never the answer to any one of my questions. That's not fair. <laughs> it's not Steven Jackson. He didn't score 20 a game. Did he? Stack 20.1 in 08 with that We Believe team. Three 20-point-per-game scores. Monte, Stack, and B. Diddy. And you got one Beast. to go. Did they even make the playoffs that year, though? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Oh, dude, they barely missed out. Three 20-point-per-game scorers, though. I mean, (laughs) that's really impressive in 2008 because basketball was not the prettiest back then. You guys, (laughs) this team led the league in points per game, had the worst defense in the league. So there's two more possible answers. It's either David Lee or Steph Curry. I guess I'll go David Lee. That's correct. 2012, David Lee does it 20.1 points per game as well. Steph came really close, had a season with 19, I believe had a season with 16, 17, just never matched up because Monte's a ball hog, am I right? Um, Great job though, bro, all three of them. Thank you, Logan. Let me take this brief opportunity to shout out Daniel Pike, all right, a fellow Cronkite kid, goes to school with us, because he tweeted the other day, everybody wants to talk about KD and Harden, where are the guys who want to talk about Danny Granger, Monte Ellis, Elton Brand, and there was one more guy, and I said, Daniel, you're looking at him. So here we are. We got a Monte Ellis question there. That was a good one, Logan. That was fun. That's a super weird era of Warriors basketball because he's kind of that transitional piece. But that's a good one. All right, Logan. Who was the only player since the merger to have 195 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards in the same game? Uh, Somebody pretty nice at football, I'd say. I'll go Le'Veon Bell. You'd be wrong. Shady McCoy? Wrong again. How, uh, you said post-merger. Just one thing to clarify. Post-2000, correct? (laughs) First of all, that's not included in post-merger. But yes, it actually is correct. Marshall Falk? No, that's a great guess. McCaffrey? Nope. Saquad? Nope. Okay. Well, now that we've named all the prolific receiving backs, um, well, not all of them. You can have a good game. Birds, but I mean, damn, near 300 yards from scrimmage is unconscious. Over, actually. 307. Is it AP? No. Huh. Darren Sproles. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. Was that, was that really that bad of a guess? Listen, if you're thinking of receiving backs, sure. You think Darren Sproles had a 300-yard game from scrimmage, not including returns? Shit, maybe. I mean, maybe I forgot about it, bro. No. This guy was actually a very good receiving back. This was not like some freak game. Oh, okay. So he's a little more consistent than little old Darren Sproles. I didn't know it was that bad of a guess, bro. Look, you, you guess Al Harrington on every question. I'm going to go look up Al Harrington's stats right now to see how close he was to averaging 20 a game. I'm going to guess he's actually like always at 15 because he was pretty consistent 15 a game. I'll go Westbrook. Nope. I like that guess, though. Frank Gore. No. 
man. So many running backs in this era. And if you don't know the distinct game, it's why it gets so hard. I mean, an all-time game. Jerome Harrison. No. I'm, I'm not going to – this is – I'm burning time. I'm not going to stick around and keep throwing names at it. I'll go two more names if I don't get it. I'll throw in the towel here. Let's go Let's go. CJ2K. Did Chris Johnson ever do it? No. <laughs> My final guess is Arian Foster. It's not Arian Foster. <sighs> Dear God, who is it? It's Priest Holmes, Logan. If anybody is going to put up insane numbers, Priest Holmes is a pretty good guess. Or Al Harrington. By the way, Al Harrington never played for the Bobcats, so that was in my head. But he did average 20 points per game in the 08-09 season, primarily for the Knicks, where he averaged 21 a game, and he also played for the Warriors at the very start of that year. So you know what? You can hate all you want, but Al Harrington was a beast. And he was a stretch four, Logan. Could you imagine what he would be doing in today's NBA, shooting 35% from deep at at 6'9"? He probably would have been a top five player in the NBA. All right, your turn. Me when Carson brings up Al Harrington. Just, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on this pod when I'm about to go to bed, and I'm just going to you know clip it to parts where you're bringing up Al Harrington. That, that just puts me to sleep. Go ahead, why don't you guess Al Harrington for this question? Sick burn, dude. Thanks, bro. Um, Kevin Garnett averaged 20 points per game for nine straight seasons in Minnesota. Can you name the sole teammate of his to also average 20 points per game alongside him? I was going to throw the deuces up and guess it immediately. I want to just do take it, do it. Latrell Sprewell. Ah, uh, no. And there's a lot of guys who came really close, but in I will say... It wasn't for a full season. This guy got injured midway through. He only played 40 games this year. Wally Zerbiak. And whatever, go to the next. <laughs> that was going to be my first guess, but I thought Latrell Spiro was too obvious. Yeah, Zerbiak, I'm familiar with that exact season. And I was going to guess him before you said that, but once you said that, I was 100% positive. Okay, let's go. Logan, I don't know if this one's going to be obvious for you with your football knowledge, it may be, but I actually didn't know this. So we'll see. Vince Lombardi coached one team other than the Packers for one year. Who was it? It's it's a good question. I think I, I'm not going to throw this out immediately because uh, I, I have a little Falcons back background here. The Atlanta Falcons actually offered him a contract position before the super the first two Super Bowls, and he turned them down. And he sent them his assistant instead. And then you know, of course, went on to win the two big ones the next two seasons. Uh, his assistant sucked. You know, he, he was like out after three years. Just fun fact: he almost went and coached the Atlanta Falcons because they threw him up. Bag. Um, I think it's Washington, uh, and I'm I'm pretty confident in that. That's very impressive, Logan. It was Washington in the 1969 season. He went seven five and two, still a winning record, uh, but then he just called it two ties. That's unreal. That's unheard of. That wasn't unheard of back then. They weren't scoring a lot of points. They were playing caveman ball. Um, <laughs> Carson, please don't answer Al Harrington for this question. <laughs> Who led the Kings in total scoring in the 2000s? Al Harrington. Correct! <laughs> God, this is a miserable, miserable decade. I mean, the early 2000s, sure, that's fun. You got Chris Weber, you got Mike Bibby, you got Doug Christie, you got Peja. But who stuck around through it all? Well, let's think. Some guys who 
were briefly on those Kings teams that people don't often think about who are not even close to the answer, but I just want to buy myself some time. Gerald Wallace and Hito Turgaloo were both very young on those Kings teams. But they're definitely not the answer. If it's not one of those guys, things are about to get ugly. I, I want to guess Chris Weber, but he was only there until 2005, I think. But he's scoring 20-plus a game every year. Peja is an interesting guess. He's an interesting possibility. Doug Christie is an interesting possibility because he stuck around a little bit longer than the other guys, I think. Is it one of those guys, at least? It is one of those guys. Okay. Man, this is just tough because I know that Peja's out of there by 2007, at least. He's with the Hornets. And again, Chris Weber, I think, is out of there in 2005, 2006. Ugh, this is tough. This is really tough. I'm going to guess Chris Weber. It is not Weber. Um, to be exact, he did spend the first five seasons of the 2000s there, uh, was traded in the middle of the 04-05 season to Philadelphia. So, good guess. Weber is actually, uh, I believe, he's third on this list with 8,004 points. Page Page is the correct answer, and as you said, he left in the 06 season. He got traded to Indiana, left in free agency to the Hornets, uh, who were the Oklahoma City Hornets uh, at that time. But yeah, man, uh, Page is number one. I know you're. I know you're angry that you didn't get it on the first try, but you named all the top guys. Yeah, but that's easy because they only had four good players in this decade. I wanted to guess Pedro so badly because I was like, Chris Weber is just the signature player of that team, so I didn't think he'd be the answer. And I did think Pedro was there for a little longer. And by the way. At their peaks, Pejo was probably a better scorer. Like, Pejo averaged 25 a game in, what year was it? 04. He was all NBA. Like, that's a higher scoring ceiling than I think Weber ever got to. I was just like, Weber was at his peak a little earlier in the decade. And, you know, whatever. I got it wrong at the end of the day. All right, Logan. <laughs> One player had seven straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons from 1996 to 2002. Nobody else did this in football. Who was he? Uh, <laughs> Jerry Rice? No. It is a tough one. Um, <laughs> Wayne Corbett? <laughs> it's, not, it's not Wayne Corbett. <laughs> um, six straight seasons, man. That's that's tough. Seven. Is it Yancey Thigpen? No. <laughs> Come on, man. That was a good guess. I'm sorry. Okay. You can't say the name Yancey without me laughing a little bit. All right. I think I know who it is. Is it Terrell Owens? It's not T.L. I was pretty confident in that answer, too. Um, is it Isaac Bruce? It's not Isaac Bruce. So, for the record, I don't know if StatMuse is showing me just consecutive seasons here or total seasons, but I, I'm seeing four from Jerry, four from T.O. What about um, Tory Holt? No. I don't even know if Torrey was around in 96. He had three straight seasons. Um, thinking of Terry Glenn right now? I'll throw it, yeah, what about Terry Glenn? Nah. I know he's been the answer before. I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, man, dude, like David Boston? Like... No. This is a weird transitional era as far as receivers go, I think. Except for, you know, a couple of big guys. 
Shannon Sharp? No. Oh, is it um his teammate? Uh Rod Smith? It's actually a great guess. Rod Smith had six. He's second. I thought that was gonna hit. Um is it uh Donald Driver? No. I think this is a little too early yeah. for him. Antonio Freeman? No. Who's uh who's the other guy? Got hurt. It's not well, Sterling got hurt before then, so it's definitely not Sterling Sharp. Um, all right. I've spent, I've, I've thrown out a lot of names. I'm going to throw out a few more. I'm not liking my chances though. Premier air attacks in this time is what I really should be thinking about. Or maybe, maybe not. Um, oh, it's Don Beebe, right? No. All right. My last guess. Let's just pick a random team. Let's go Minnesota Vikings. We'll go Randy Moss. Yeah, first of all, I'm shocked you didn't say Randy Moss before. It's not him, but he did have five straight seasons. Chris Carter? It's not Chris Carter. I surrender. It is Jimmy Smith, Logan. And let me tell you, I was going to get a Jimmy Smith question into this episode one way or another. I thought about asking the question, who has more career games played? Jimmy Smith or Jimmy Smith? <laughs> Jimmy Smith, the, Ravens. the Ravens corner, or Jimmy Smith of the Jags? What do you think the answer is? Dude, I'm going to go for the Ravens. That dude has been around for, like, ever, since, like, 2011. I'm going to go Jimmy Smith, the corner. First of all, I think you're right. I think he's been around since 2011. But it's actually Jimmy Smith, the receiver. 178 games played. Dude, I said that. I said Jimmy Smith. Give me my points. This is why we need some sort of judiciary committee here. Uh, this is a little bit over my head, so I'm going to turn the mic back over to you. This has been a bad stretch. I need to get back on the horse. Carson, this is a, a lot of stars here in this category. Who led the 1980s playoffs in total scoring? And I don't mean the 1980s. I mean the 1980 to 1989 cumulative playoff scoring. Who's the leader? Great question, Logan. For a nerd, there's only so many candidates here. So let me just think. It has to be. Either Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Larry Bird. I really can't imagine it's anybody else. Like neither of those guys I should have missed pretty much a single postseason in that stretch. Kareem was still playing at 89. He wasn't scoring as much. It's got to be one of those two, I think. I don't want to get this wrong. Because Kareem was still so good into the mid and late 80s. He's still putting up 20-plus a game. 85, he still went nuts in the finals. Even 87, he's putting up like 20 a game. But I'm going to go Larry Bird. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Bird is number one. Uh, 3.6 thousand in the decade. Kareem is right up there. 3.4 thousand just behind him. Followed by Magic, Kevin McHale, James Worthy, Dennis Johnson, Robert Parrish, and Dr. J and Moses Malone. But yeah, those are the two that were really separated from the pack and Got it right. Logan, I don't want to extend your cold streak here, but I'm a little worried this is a tough question. Who led the 1970s in interceptions? Another decades question. Wow, we really are in rhythm today, aren't we? Um, I think it's... Uh... So the dude who like, covered himself in stickum, is it that guy? No. Okay. It's not Lester Hayes. That's who I, did, I did think it was Lester Hayes. 70s. Um, 
Oh, it's that little white dude, Larry Wilson. I what I don't know what era he played in. No. All right. Uh, it was worth a shot. Um. I mean, I gotta think it's a it's a Raider. A, that's that's conventional thinking, but there's a lot of oh, that dude for the Seahawks. Um. Oh, he didn't. It took him a while to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't remember his name. I think it might be him, because he was a beast back in the seventies. I I can't remember his name. If I get it wrong and it's him, I'm I'm not gonna be too mad. I'll throw out a couple of Steelers though. Let's go. Let's go, Mel Blunt. Okay, I thought you were gonna guess Mel Blunt like right off the bat. He's second. Let's try Donnie Shell. No, another good Steelers defensive back, underrated. Um. Tony Dungy? Nah, no, it's not Tony. Um, let's go. I know there's a Vikings corner that I'm that I'm missing out on. Uh, I feel like a Titans safety, or not a Titan, an Oilers safety. Excuse me. <sighs> Willie Brown? No. Is it is it the Seahawks safety that I'm talking about? No. I may just not know it. Um, I don't know if this will help at all. I've asked you a question before where this guy was the answer, and you didn't get it right, I don't think. i got to avenge myself. Um, dude. Yeah, I don't know. The 70s is tough. Yeah, who is it? So, first of all, I thought you were going to guess Paul Krause. Paul Krause is third, right behind Mel. It's Jake Scott Logan of the Dolphins. He was the 73 Super Bowl MVP. He had 49 picks. That's seven above your friend Mel Blunt, recently deceased this past year. Jake Scott may rest in peace. Fantastic football player, and I am here trying to preserve and extend his memory. And Logan just refuses to remember who this guy is. He's a fixture in football history. Five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, Super Bowl MVP, loved the 1970s interception. Good-looking guy. Nothing out of you. His name's Jake Scott, bro. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself that he's that accomplished, and I have no idea who he is. I have not retained anything about him, but eh, you win some, you lose some. Carson, a two-time league leader in this category. What big man led the 2000s decade in offensive boards? Uh, my first thought is Ben Wallace. All right, we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> All right, let's go. I'll take that. Next question it is. Logan, this is right in your wheelhouse, all right? If you're ever going to get out of a slump, maybe I shouldn't say if you're ever because it's kind of a tough question. For most people, though, they would have no idea. For you, this is a Logan Camden question. Which 2000s quarterback was at least tied for the league lead in pick sixes thrown in half of his five-plus seasons as a starter. I said that as a minimum, so it's not some guy who just came in for one year and sucked. I'm sorry, how many years? Half of his seasons as a starter. Matt Schaub. No. Oh, Jay Cutler. No. I, so is, I'm sorry, is he more like 2000s or like 2010s? 2000s. Good at throwing picks. Let's go uh, my cousin Vinny. Is it Vinny? It's not Vinny. Oh, I was, I was hopeful. Um, is it, is it, is it Big Ben? No. <laughs> okay. I thought you were trying to throw me a little, little extra up my wheelhouse. Um, Eli? No. Eli's definitely up there. Kurt Warner? I'll be honest, he's not as good as these guys. 
Oh, he's a bum. He's a complete bum. Um, I mean, dude, if like if he's nowhere near these guys, he probably sucked. Uh, it was just hilarious how without knowing who he is, he goes, <laughs> he's, he's a bum, hard. he's a complete bum. <laughs> he's, he's a loser. Um, Cade McNown? No, I always, I always answer that guy. You think Cade McNown had five-plus seasons as a starter? <laughs> no. Um... Like, David Garrard didn't suck. I don't think it's David Garrard. I'm just trying to think about guys that lasted long enough. Um, Cardinals QBs. Let's go Let's go with the cards. I don't even know who the hell was around there. Dude, you love this guy. I love him? You talk about him a lot in the scheme of things. <laughs> I see, he can't be a super bum. It's not Favre, is it? I mean, you said he wasn't nearly remote, but I bet he'd be up there for pick sixes. Um, Trent Green. No. Uh, 2000s QB question, man. I pride myself on 2000s QBs. Matt Hasselbeck. No. No, he's got to be weirder than that. It's got to be a weird dude that nobody else thinks about but just lives rent-free in my mind, Jim Sorgi. No. Like, who is just a Brad Johnson? No. Kerry Collins. No. No way it's not Kerry Collins, dude. Kerry Collins actually did at least once lead the league and pick six is thrown. Uh, Jake DeLome. No. Seneca Wallace. No. He didn't last while. What am I talking about? What am I doing, bro? <laughs> Tim Couch. No. Kelly Holcomb? No. Dante Culpepper? No. You're all right. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to show my face back. Back where? Back where? In the old places I've... Here. This yeah. is the only place. I don't want to miss a 2000s QB question, bro. Like, the people don't get it. I'm such a dork. I'm such a nerd, yo. I have read 2006 year in sports review so many times. I've read the 2008 year in sports book so many times. These are my guys. This is my time, bro. Right between those seasons, this fella happened to lead the league in pick sixes. 2007. We've narrowed down a year. Is it Kyle Baller? No. Dude, I'm about to explode. Is it Joey Harrington? It is Joey Harrington, Logan. <laughs> Let's go. He started from 2002 to 2007. And in 2007, he was tied for the league lead in pick sixes with three. In 2003, he was tied with four. And in 2002, he was tied with three. I do want to shout out, though. You are not lacking for good guesses here. Like, Eli was tied in 2007. Kurt Warner was tied in 2007 and 2002, actually. He shared a couple titles with Joey Harrington. But it ends up being that Joey is the only guy who's able to stick around for that long and throw that many pick sixes. Kurt Warner also actually was tied in 2000 with Vinny Testaverde. This is a really, really pretty fun list. And you name some good guys. Matt Schaub is here. Jake DeLome is here. Who else did you get? Kerry Collins, as I said, did do it once. But Joey Harrington, the king of them all. Dude, I think this is the happiest I've ever been on the pod. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, I was I was in the depths of despair. That just that brought me back. Whew. Carson is you know interceptions are bad in football. Missing field goals in basketball is pretty bad too. And I have got three questions about not necessarily brick layers, but the most shots missed. 
Who holds the record for most field goals missed total in a single season? Great question, Logan. So many beautiful possibilities here. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves, all right? Can we just be honest? Everybody wants me to say Allen Iverson right now. You're sitting there screaming at home, Allen Iverson, and yeah, that's a pretty good guess. But you know what? I'm a weird guy, and I'm really thinking about Jerry Stackhouse in uh, 2001 or 2002, one of those years when he averaged 29.8 a game and shot like 39% from the field. I think it's one of those two. I mean, I really think it's Allen Iverson. Uh, There are years where he was scoring – up around 30 a game on like actually sub 40% shooting. There's at least one year like that. I'm going to go Jerry Stackhouse. It's probably so stupid. It's probably just AI. It's a really good guess. And what if I told you that Stackhouse had more missed field goals in a single season than AI ever did? Um, the season that you laid out, 01, uh, is 14th all time. He missed 1,153 shots. He shot 40% from the field and 35% from deep. AI on this list is in 17th. Uh, from 2003, this is regular season, 1,136 misses. He shot 41% from the field, 27% from deep. So it is not either of those guys. All right, that's fascinating. That must be because AI didn't play 82 games those years. Like, I'm just trying to think. Because there's definitely a year he actually shot below 40%. He played all 82 games. That's wild. Okay. All right, time to reframe this all. So here's the thing. Who shot worse than that in that high volume? Like, let me think of some guys who shot really poorly from the field. Kobe. Kobe missed a lot of shots. I don't think Kobe ever shot poorly enough. Like, 05-06, he averages 35.6 a game, but he's shooting 45%. I don't want you to get tripped up. This is a little bit of a tricky question in the sense that the top guy didn't necessarily shoot that poorly from the field. I know it's counterintuitive, but... So that just makes me think that it is Kobe because, like, MJ never shot that poorly in a season where he scored that much. The question is, is it James Harden in one of his years where either 18-19 or 19-20 where he's scoring 36 and then 34 because he shot a lower percentage from the field than Kobe. I mean, he's more efficient because he's making a lot more threes and free throws. And that's the other thing, is he's taking more free throws than Kobe, which means even if his field goal percentage is lower, it doesn't necessarily mean as many missed field goals. Those guys are possible candidates. Shout out Bob Cousy for shooting like 37% in his career. He's not going to be up here because he didn't shoot enough or score enough. I feel like it's got to be one of those two. Am I right? You are not. What if I told you the guy, the guy who's in the number one spot, also occupies the number two spot, and shot 50% from the field in both of those seasons. This is Will Chamberlain. It is Will Chamberlain. And it's just because of the volume of shots he was taking. Uh, Your Kobe guess wasn't bad. Ninth all-time in 2006. He missed 1,195 shots, shot 45% from the field, 34% from deep. But it's Wilt, Wilt, Elvin Hayes, Wilt, Elgin Baylor, Elgin Baylor, Rick Barry, Wilt again, Kobe, and then Jack Twyman in 1960. So, yeah, a really unconventional question. Jordan in 87 is actually right outside of the top 10. Fun fact, though, James Harden, not even in the top 25. That's interesting. That's got to be because he was taking so many free throws. I should have guessed Elgin. Elgin was pretty consistently in the low 40s. I thought about Rick Barry just because he had put up such monster scoring numbers in the year that he averaged 35 a game. That's an excellent question, Logan. Uh, That is really... Pretty fascinating, but it also makes sense. If you're scoring 50 points a game, 
you're missing a lot of shots. And by the way, if it were combined field goals and free throws missed, oh my God, Wilt would have that record by that much more. So great question. All right, Logan, down to the last two before we get into the bonus here. This one is just a two-option answer. Did Jimmy Johnson have a higher career-winning percentage as coach of the Cowboys or the Dolphins? I mean, it's got to be sneaky. Like, <laughs> don't look at me like that, bro. <laughs> Give me the demon eyes over here. I mean, like, I I would have to think, ah, there were a few rough years in Dallas because uh, Jimmy was brought in. Like, like, the Cowboys weren't really established. Like, he was, like, the first step of the rebuilding process. So I know there were a few shaky years. I just don't think he had that much success in Miami. Oh. I feel like this is a trick question, and you want me to say Miami. I am going to stick to my guns, and I'm going to say the Cowboys. You thought it was a double trick question. It was really just a straight-up trick question. The answer is Miami, and the reason, Logan, I mean, you had it. You had the reason. They went 1-15 his first year, and in Miami, actually, he did have a surprising amount of success. He was 500 or better every year, 8-8, and 9-7, 10-6, 9-7, 9-7, three playoff appearances, two playoff wins, postseason record doesn't factor into this, but it's very close still. 55% winning in Dallas, 56.3% Miami. And the other thing is, of course, you know, he didn't get to maximize the benefits of that Dallas team because he wasn't there for all three Super Bowls, was only there for five years in total. So he really only had three years as a great team in Dallas, whereas he had four years of just being pretty good in Miami. So that's a tough one. I, you know, but it was a toss up. So okay, at least you're back on track. You got Joey Harrington. Last one is going to be in your wheelhouse again. So just be emotionally prepared for that. <laughs> I, I said we were talking about bricklayers. That's going to continue with this question, Carson. Who holds the record for most field goals missed in a single playoff run? Let's think. So, uh, primary candidates are Kobe, maybe Michael Jordan. Anybody else? Oh, AI in 2001. He's an obvious candidate. It's got to be one of those three. I really want to guess AI, dude. He missed so many shots. I'm going to go 2001 Allen Iverson. And it is the obvious answer. Uh, 2001 AI missed 404 field goals. I mean, literally a hundred, almost 100 more than the second place guy. It, it's crazy. Uh, he shot 38% from the field, shot 34% from behind the arc. Also up here. 2015 LeBron, 1967 Rick Barry, 92 MJ, 09 Kobe, 48 Joe Falks. Uh, shout out Joe. <laughs> 98 MJ, 2010 Kobe, 93 MJ, 97 MJ, and then uh, we got Patrick Ewing in another Kobe year. But yeah, right off the bat, I mean, it is nowhere even close. AI missed so many more shots than any other player in playoff history. Shout out Joe Falks, part of a storied pre-wilt history with the Warriors. Shout out Paul Erickson as well. Dude, shout out J Joe. In 13 games played, missed 288 shots and shot 24% from the field. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, actually, I think Joe Folks is up there on a lot of missed field goals list. But, you know, Logan, it was 1948. Like, guys were shooting, you know, in the mid-30s. It's like what I say about Kuzi. Kuzi you know, everybody shot. Slater Martin, all right? He was an all-star guard for the Lakers. He's shooting in the 30-something percent. Like, that's what that's what the standard was. That's why Jerry West and 
Oscar Robertson were such freaks because those guys could shoot damn near 50% from the field as guards. It was unheard of. All right. As I said, this is in your wheelhouse, Logan. Which Hall of Fame quarterback has the lowest career completion percentage? Oh, I love this. Um, Hall of Fame QB, lowest completion percentage. Uh, honestly, some of the guys we've already named are probably pretty high up here. Um, like the snakes in the hall, right? Like, honestly, Kenny Stabler and George Blanda would probably be two of my first two guesses. Jake the Snake Roberts is actually not in the <laughs> NFL Hall of Fame. So I'll go Kenny Stabler. That'll be my first guess. Not Kenny Stabler. I mean, I got to think it's got to be one of the older guys. Like, uh, I mean, Johnny Hughes probably pretty high up on this list, too. I'll throw out, like, I don't know, Bart Starr. Interesting guess. He's reasonably close. He's in the top, bottom 25. I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw out Johnny U. I don't think it's right. Johnny U is a little bit closer. He is uh, in the bottom, what is that, 15, 10? What about Sonny Jurgensen? Sonny Jurgensen is actually two spots higher than Star. All right. I mean, we'll keep going with the old guys. Um, I'm thinking like Otto Graham. Uh, Ron Jaworski isn't in the Hall of Fame, is he? I feel like it's a dumb question. I don't think Jaws is in the Hall. Hey, Y.A. Tittle. It's not Y.A. Tittle. But he is also here. I mean, obviously, you're guessing the right era for the most part. He is uh, 12th. Johnny U was 11th. Jurgensen was 18th. And Bart Starr was 20th. And I will actually say, the top three guys on this list, StatMuse came up with his Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but none of them attempted a significant amount of passes. So I said, you're not really a quarterback. You're a Hall of Famer who, you know, played mm. briefly quarterback or whatever. So, like, a guy like Blanda is up here? Yes. I mean, he's not the correct answer, right? Would you consider that to be a guess? I'll guess George Blanda. Oh, the answer is George Blanda, <laughs> Logan. What do you think it is? What do you think the number is? <laughs> Dude, honestly, you could do this with passer rating, too, and Blanda would be pretty low because all those picks he threw. Um, <laughs> my guess is like 41.7 or so. Just slightly excessive there, but 47.9. He's a good bit below 50. Some other guys... By the way, I'm pretty sure I asked you this question about passer rating last episode, So, but he was up there. Some other guys, Joe Namath, 50.1, Terry Bradshaw, 51.9, Johnny U, 54.6, Tittle, 55.5, Bart Starr, 57.4, Sonny Jurgensen, 57, but like, you know, below 50 is really a league of its own, so shout out to the King George Blanda, the GOAT. George better think his lucky star is he could kick a field goal. Man, that's atrocious. We're going to stick with the negatives about, uh, you know, some of the all-time greats. Carson, who holds the record for the most field goals missed in an NBA playoff career? Okay. Okay. This is interesting. Because you can think about Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan was only there, what, 11 times or 12 times? I don't think that's enough. You can go further back. Kareem was there several more times. Even though Kareem shot pretty well from the field, we may be looking at the Wilt Chamberlain dilemma here. Kareem did miss the playoffs 
thrice in LA and early on you know for the first couple bucks years you're only looking at a couple rounds and then even through a lot of his career you're only looking at three rounds so he's at a disadvantage there I'm just trying to think about other guys who have been there a ton I mean LeBron James is honestly a very interesting candidate he's been there whatever uh, 15 of the last 16 years a lot of deep runs in there shooting around 50% from the field but that's not the most important thing I'm thinking about Kobe too. Kobe seven career finals there basically every year from 96 through whatever 2012 with the or even further than that 2014 with the exception of uh oh uh, with the exception of that run um, 06, he, well, no, 06, he was there. 05, he wasn't there. 07, he wasn't there. So that's only two years. I think it's LeBron. It is LeBron. I mean, it's a logical guess. All-time leader in games played in the playoffs of 266, and the all-time leader in field goals missed 2,777. You got the guy in second place, Kobe. I believe he is uh, seventh all-time in playoff games, missed 2,485 shots. Next is MJ. Next is Kareem. So, I mean, you basically laid out all the top four. Uh, then Carl Malone, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Hondo, John Havlicek, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor. Um, good job. Yeah, I was – I don't know. I thought maybe LeBron's just prolific shooting from the field may have thrown you off, but uh, logic prevails. I think you lost that advantage when you asked me the wilt question because then I started to think about it from the lens of it's not just necessarily the most inefficient guy in over a career like that when volume really becomes a factor. All right, Logan. So we've made it through 15 each. I feel like I've had a pretty good showing today. Here's a chance for you to really nail this thing. We're in your wheelhouse. And by the way, I'm really running out of questions here. We might have to... You told me a while back I could extend it back to 2000. I've tried really hard not to, but I feel like this might be one of the last couple that could be difficult. And even still, I'm not sure. Who was the starter for the 2005 Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Chris Sims. Eh, see, it wasn't that difficult, was it? It is Chris Sims, Logan. And let me tell you why that's impressive for everybody sitting here at home. Because... This is the only year Chris Sims was a starter in his NFL career. It was actually a really good Bucks team. They were 11 and 5. He went 6 and 4. Brian Greasy started the other 6 games. I believe was the intended starter. But I mean, good grief, Logan. Chris Sims has 16 career starts. 10 of them are this year and he knocked it right out of the park. So, this is what I'm saying. I think I have to push it back. Like there are no Brooks Bollinger's hiding anymore. There's no more Fitzpatrick in 08 with the Bengals. I don't think I'm going to get you to trip up anymore. I'm ready. I mean, I think I'm all for it, bro. All right. Um, my final question. I it's probably gonna be just as hard as Chris Sims. You know the guy though. I I. What's that? Okay. You got Chris Sims on the first guess. <laughs> well, you should get this guy on the first guess, Carson. You got this. I don't know. This guy's been everywhere, despite only playing 17 minutes per game and 22 minutes per game in 2016 and 2017 for the Clippers. What power forward slash small forward started for Los Angeles in 88 percent of his games played? Matt Barnes. It's a pretty good guess. It is not Matt Barnes, though. A little more obscure than Matt. Okay. It's not Jared Dudley, is it? <laughs> it is not Jared Dudley. 16 and 17, you said? Yes. Power forward, small forward. Golly. Started his career back in 2009. 
uh, Wesley Johnson. Okay, I don't want to throw you off because you know the draft class. Started his career in 08. My fault. Oh, okay. It's 2008, okay. So I'm trying to think. Maybe wasn't a prominent guy in that class. Nothing is given. Everything is taken in this world. Somebody write that down. Man, dude, I can't end on a low note. I, I've had a good episode. I've never been good at these questions, though. And part of it is the fatigue. It gets to you. But today I'm feeling fresh. We're an hour 40 minutes in, and I'm feeling fresh. Had a good day. Woke up at 7.20 today. Got an 8 a.m. class, my first of college. Maybe a regret, but you know what? It's keeping me sharp right now. But it's actually not because I don't have this answer. Power forward, small forward. That's a helpful little tidbit, I think. 17 minutes a game, 22 minutes a game, 16 and 17. I, these were good Clippers teams still. Dude, in 2016 as a starter, this guy put up three points per game. Sounds like a tough question, Logan. This guy, this guy has lasted. This is just mind-blowing. I, I, I think I know. Is it Luke Richard and Bob Mute? It is Luke and Bob Mute. This guy has spent 11 seasons in this league has never averaged double digits in scoring, has never averaged more than six boards a game, has never averaged more than two assists a night. Like, Luke's out there grinding on defense, but that's about it. He's a clamp, though. He is a clamp. Uh, Logan, that's a good feeling. I'm glad to have finally gotten one of those, because, by the way, that's probably the hardest one. Last time it was like, Luol Dang, and I didn't get it. I miss Terrence Ross. Like, I've had disgraceful moments with those questions, but I'm dialed in right now. I'm dialed in. All right. Any final thoughts on this? A lot of fun, as always. Trivia time is trivia time. It's magical. It's great. We love doing it. We feel very lucky to have the chance to do it, especially now that we got to do it live. So you guys get to see all the pauses, all the moments of agony in real time. That's good stuff, and hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you want to stick around and enjoy more Nerd Sesh content, first of all, consider this a little mini announcement, all right? Because you may have noticed we did our last trivia time two weeks ago we're thinking of trying out this format as far as the schedule going forward. Historically, during the school year, we've done three shows a year, one on sports history, and then the other two are on some combination of the NBA and NFL. What we're going to try for now is we're going to rotate. We'll do two shows one week, three shows the next week, and the show that is not a sure thing will be our sports history show, but whereas in previous iterations we've done a lot of top tens and whatnot trivia times only been once a month we've been thinking the people love trivia time we love trivia time we're gonna try out just doing trivia time once every other week if people are desperately missing the top tens let us know but you know we've done a lot of top tens we've run through a lot of mainstream topics and so maybe we'll get back to that at some point but for now that's the plan so that's the good news if you want to tune in for more trivia time you know where to find us you can subscribe to us on youtube maybe you're watching there right now if you are, you can see that we also do some video-specific content for YouTube. I just came out with a video on uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, what they can bring to the Warriors, why I think they're the two most important rookies in basketball. Logan, just a couple days before that, did a video on Steelers preseason, some of the key takeaways from that, the good, the bad, and the eh, as he put it, so you can go ahead and find all that. You can also see that we do live stream and post our full podcasts to our YouTube channel with video. We also live stream them on Twitter. You can follow us on all social media. Twitter is at nerd underscore sesh. Instagram is at nerd sesh. And TikTok is at nerd sesh as well. And then you can just listen to the pod in whatever format you choose, audio-wise, Spotify, Apple. All of that is good to go. So please do that if you're interested. Again, today was a ton of fun. And with that, as always, I've been Carson Brabber. 
I have been Logan Camden. And this was NerdSash. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.